0: 5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com for more than 25 years roberta mattinson has helped leaders in fortune 500 companies and small to medium-sized businesses achieve dramatic growth and market leadership through the maximization of talent the businesses she's worked with include general motors Takeda pharmaceuticals and the boston beer company as as well as many many others in addition to being a forbes contributor Roberta is the author of five commercially published books on leadership and talent, including the international bestseller, Suddenly in Charge, and her most recent book, Evergreen Talent. She's also been named one of LinkedIn's top voices and is a former executive who knows how to succeed in the world of business and thrive in the executive suite. Her sixth book, Can We Talk? Seven Principles for Managing Difficult Work Conversations, will be released this fall and it may be released right now and is now available for pre-order. Hello, Roberta.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I am doing well. How are you?
1: I'm great.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I read a little bit about you and I think our listeners would love to know a little bit more about how you are currently interacting in the marketplace.
1: Well, I am currently working with organizations that are looking to attract top talent that will stick around. And as a result of that, a lot of my work um, involves executive coaching, because as you know, um, people don't work for companies, they work for people. And so anything that we can do to improve the relationships um, between employees and their bosses and anything that I can do to help those leaders become what I call magnetic leaders um, is certainly something today that will help organizations keep the talent that they're working so hard to acquire.
0: It's amazing how many people forget that they work for people and not for companies because I'm sure you experience, as I do as a leadership coach, uh, challenges in relationships and challenges between people and you know how those challenges make it harder for people sometimes to get their job done.
1: Well, that's exactly why I wrote the book, Can We Talk?, which came out last week. So I'm really excited to get this out, this book out into the world, because there are so many conversations, as I'm sure you know, that are left unsaid. And as a result, people are walking away from their jobs, right? And they're not having the conversations. And my goal is to help make those difficult conversations easier.
0: Well, I think that's a fantastic objective, and I think you and I both know the number of times somebody doesn't say something they should probably exceeds the number of times that they say something they should, right? We have this fantastic way of conflict avoidance where we uh, do things that might be easier, including looking for another job than saying something to a boss or a colleague about how their behavior is negatively impacting me in the workplace. What are your thoughts or observations on that front?
1: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. In fact, um, one of the unique features of the book is when I wrote the book, I made it a point to have this be a guide, not just for leaders on those difficult conversations that they may need to have with an employee, but I also included lots of information and advice and scripts for um, people who needed to have these conversations with their bosses as well as their coworkers.
0: So tell us a little bit about the book. I uh, admittedly haven't read it yet, but as soon as we're done today, I'll order it and I will read it. Uh, It's very much of interest to me because I've become a, a minor expert on bravery in the workplace. So any observations or experiences of others is certainly highly relevant. So what's the what's the essence of the book? Why did you write it? Why did you feel that this would be a topic of interest to so many people?
1: Well, like yourself, I I have spent many years working, you know, as a as a leadership coach, um, an executive coach, and you know, I saw my clients struggling and in struggling with these difficult conversations. Which, if you really broke them down, they weren't all that challenging. And so um, I looked at the landscape and I said, you know, this would be a great book. Um, it is. Definitely a companion book to my first book, which is Suddenly in Charge, which is all about management, and one of my other books, The Magnetic Leader. And so I thought this would be a great resource for people to have when they're faced with these challenges at work. And so I created this structure where I talk about the seven principles um, that will help people as they look to master these skills.
0: Fantastic. Would you be kind enough to share with us potentially what one or two of those principles might be?
1: Absolutely. Um, Well, the first one is confidence. And that's really, you know, having the confidence to say what you need to say. And that really goes to your point of bravery. And I do think it's very brave when somebody steps up and says what they need to say. So I know it's not an easy thing. But I think the more you do it, the easier it gets and the second um, can i
0: interrupt you for a moment absolutely yes let's go back to confidence because i think that is a key factor in why so many people aren't brave at work and it's also an influencer in how people operate in the world and you know when i look back at the clients that i've had over the last few years you know many of them i would say just were not confident in where they were who they were how they felt what they thought enough at least to bring it out and so they were trying to play a role in the organization of thinking about how they fit in and saying something that might have been controversial just to be melodramatic or uh you know not the way that everybody else is thinking is very hard for people and i'm just wondering i'm not a sociologist so i've not done (laughs) any medical studies on it but you know do you have any observations or thoughts on why people don't have the confidence to politely and respectfully say what's on their mind. It's not like you have to hit somebody across the head with a two by four, but it's not hard to say, hey, before we move on, I have a couple of other thoughts that I think would be good for folks to hear. Is everyone open to hearing them? I mean, that's not hard to say, yet people just don't do this.
1: Well, I think it goes back to your point earlier about this conflict avoidance syndrome that we seem to have. You know, Nobody wants to make waves, right? They don't want to shake things up. Um, that's why in so many situations you see everybody going along with something, even though you're all just about ready to fall off the cliff, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's jump off the cliff. (laughs) But, um, you know, it does take courage to be the person that says, whoa, if we do that, we are going to die. And so rather than be looked at, they're like, okay, we'll just jump with you. But, you know, again, I think a lot of this comes down to, you know, maturity and over the years learning that, you know, going with the flow isn't necessarily going to help you. It isn't necessarily a good idea, and it's not going to help the organization, your boss. And so sometimes you do need to say what needs to be said.
0: With respect and courtesy, as uh, I tell clients all the time, that regardless of what it is you need to say, you always want to do it respectfully and professionally because if you do it melodramatically, that's probably going to be what people pay more attention to, how you said it versus what you were saying, right? So you want to ensure you're being respectful of others and their thought processes because I don't think they think they're wrong, but perhaps I need to hear a different perspective in order to redesign or you know reapproach how they're thinking about things. I agree. How about the second tip? I interrupted you. You were about to share with us uh, a second tool or tip.
1: Um, The second one is about clarity and just being really clear ahead of time uh, as to what you really want to say. And so many times we enter into these difficult conversations and we don't even know what our objective is, right? Is our objective to, to influence somebody to do something in a different way? Is our objective to just put our cards out on the table and say what's on our mind? Like, why are we having this conversation? And so what winds up happening is we get caught in the loop. And we don't even know when we're done. (laughs) You know, you sort of keep going and going and going. And they're like, didn't we resolve this? And, And instead of influencing that person and getting them to agree with you, they've actually wound up agreeing and now disagreeing.
0: Yeah. Clarity, I find, is uh, absent in many, many organizations in which I work. It might be role clarity. You know, why am I here? What am I doing? Why Why are there two people who are sort of doing the same thing? And, you know, there's an absence of clarity. It might be team objective clarity. You know, why are we meeting as a team? What are we working on? we know what we're doing, but why are we doing it? And why am I investing all this time and energy into it? And it might be organizational clarity, right, in respect to what we do as an organization. Uh, You know, how have you seen clarity unfold in the workplace? And why is it included as one of the things that you can do to have better conversations at work?
1: Well, I included it because I think you need to know what the end goal is. So you know how to set up the conversation and so that you would know whether or not you even want to have this conversation, right? So if my goal is to just get it off my chest, maybe that's not a great idea. Maybe we shouldn't have this conversation. Maybe I should have it with my you know, partner or my friend. Um, but if I have a goal and that's to let my employee know that their performance isn't up to standards, then that's a different that's a different conversation.
0: Well, I would ask our listeners to take a moment and pause and ask themselves, am I clear and do I have clarity on my role? Do I have clarity on the relationships that I have at work? Are are my teams clear on their goals? And if for anybody, the answer is it's unclear or not as clear as it should be, this might be a great area because I think a lack of clarity may be one of the influencers to being brave at work, right? If there's a lack of clarity, there's something I might need to say. It's it's hard at a meeting to say, "Hey, I know we've been meeting for six months, but can we just pause for a minute? Why are we meeting, right? Or you know, what's our mission statement? Or you know, what is it that we're working on? Or there's been a lot of changes over the last few months, and we've never gone back and looked at our original mission statement. I think for a lot of people that might be hard to do. It's it's interesting how sometimes the most basic things to do, uh, you know, show clarity, uh, you know, navigate conflict, things of like this are the hardest things to do because we just, I don't know if we have trained people on how to do these things very well.
1: Well, you know, I don't know about you, but in college I didn't really get any classes on this stuff. You know, there was no, you know, there there are a couple of management classes if you go to business school, but that's about it, right? And so when you get into the real world, you find out, oh my gosh, like, I'm so not prepared for this. Nobody, we haven't had role plays. We haven't had conflict in the classroom. So when we get into the work world where, you know, today it's so diverse. I mean, we come from different backgrounds, different countries, different ages that, you know, we have to keep in mind that people have different opinions And, you know, when it comes to being brave, we need to be open and listen. And maybe, just maybe, their opinion is right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it's important to listen. We talk a lot about that on this podcast, the importance of curiosity, which is uh, asking questions and then listening. You can't do one without the other. And so, uh, and it's important to do that because we might need to understand that others might have perspectives or experiences that are a little different than ours, which could provide a better outcome.
1: Well, I'll I'll let you in on a secret. Um, Curiosity is one of the principles.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm wondering if now that they all start with the letter C. Oh, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since I guessed it, if you could talk a little bit about, because curiosity is a key behavior associated with bravery at work that you should you know, uh, as Stephen Covey said, in the five habits of highly effective people seek first to understand, then be understood. So you need to really understand where the other person's coming from, why they're coming from, where they're coming from, you know, what their perspective is before you share your ideas or su- suggestions. So what can you share with us a little bit about uh, curiosity?
1: Well, I think curiosity is one of those characteristics that people really need to work on and you have to be sincere. Right? So I may say that I really do care what you think, but if I really don't, (laughs) or if I'm really not interested in hearing your perspective, it's going to become very clear. And so, you know, in the book, Can We Talk?, I talk a lot about, and I provide readers with a lot of questions that will help them probe to really get to the point and figuring out what the other person's perspective is. because what I have found is that most conversations are one-way streets. So if I'm your boss and I'm sitting there having a conversation with you, I'm telling you what I want to hear and you're nodding your head. And then I leave and I say, wow, that was a great conversation. And you leave and you say, what the heck? So, you know, my goal is to make sure that you both leave thinking, yeah, that wasn't so bad. It, it was a pretty good conversation. I, I get where the other person's coming from.
0: I'm just wondering, Roberta, if you can share with our listeners, uh, you know, one or two or even three suggestions or ideas that are included in your book or even not in your book as it pertains to being braver at work. You know, what's what are things that pe- people should be thinking about that can help them be braver? Because everybody today And I believe this, even though I have not asked everybody on the globe, but everybody today believes that they have had experiences historically that they could have been braver, that there was something they could have said or something they could have done that they didn't do. And now they look back with regret because they wish they had and they hadn't. So to help these people who might have one of these moments now, you know, what's two or three pieces of advice that you could share that could be helpful for them?
1: I'm going to give you one because I think if you have this one it's going to take care of a lot of um, the challenges that you have and that's really having the courage of your talent I mean so many people your' you know your listeners are super talented and you have to have the courage of your talent you have to just go for it and so often we're so worried what other people think or you know we think we're good but we're not quite sure we're good and it's like You're here in this company, in this role, on this planet for a reason, and you have talent, and so your talent is different than mine, but we each have our own talents, and to have the courage of that talent, to be brave and step into it, I think is probably one of the most important takeaways that that I can give people.
0: Yeah, I think part of what you might be saying is that people also need to recognize that Uh, in an organization, I'm here for a reason. I'm good at what I do. That's why you hired me. But I also think that we have a relationship and that means we should be giving each other advice or insights into how others are experiencing us. So I hope that you would welcome that from me. And I'm certainly looking for, for that from you that every once in a while, not often, but every once in a while we share, hey, here's some things you could be doing differently to be more effective and Thank you. And here's a couple of things you could be doing a little bit differently to be more effective and know that you're there for a reason, right? That you're talented, you're highly skilled, you're competent, and that if presented professionally and respectfully, the likelihood of a person listening to it is greater than, you know, somebody who doesn't say something or somebody who comes across too blunt and, you know, offensive.
1: I, yes. And, and too timid. That's not good either.
0: Right. And uh, if you, know, you
1: don't believe you're good, no one's going to believe it.
0: Yeah. And other guests have talked about if you do need to have a conversation with somebody, create some talking points. It's not a script of what you're going to say, but you know, get at least out of your head what the key points are that you want to make and even find someone to practice, right? Even if it's a spouse or a friend to say, hey, I need to have a conversation with my boss next week. Let me share with you what I'm going to say. And I'd love your reaction, right? Would you say, oh, thank you? Or you're, are you kidding? You know, you're fired, right? So, you know, I need to know how this is going to be received. I don't want the first set of ears to hear it to be the person I'm talking to about it, right? I'd love somebody else to hear it.
1: And and, and I write about that in the book. And I also give starting points, starting, you know, because I think for many people, that's the hardest part. How do I start? What, what do I say? Like, you know, do I just jump in? Do You know, how do I get the person warmed up? And so I've made sure to include you know, scripts that people can customize so it's more authentic for them and in their voice and not mine.
0: Well, it sounds fantastic. And I will encourage all of our listeners to purchase Can We Talk? Seven Principles for Managing Difficult Work Conversations, even if it's just to get the starting point, because I do believe that a lot of people are not as brave at work as they should be because they don't know how to start. They don't even know what the the sentences to start the conversation and they're afraid because they don't know it, that it's going to collapse as a conversation and then they're, they're going to regret even having it. So the fact that you've included those starting points and tips I think is fantastic. So Roberta, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm wondering if people would like to hear more about the work that you're doing, how can they get in contact with you?
1: Well, they can go to my website, Matuson, M-A-T-U-S-O-N, Consulting.com. They can send me an invite on LinkedIn, just mention your name so I know who they are. They can follow me at Twitter, on Twitter at at Matcheson, and they can purchase the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever they buy
0: books. Fantastic. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I will be purchasing it and reading it. And I hope to jump on Amazon and provide you a positive review.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. Roberta, thanks again for joining us today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CapITRisk.com.